You're listening to the Heart of Horsemanship podcast with Mia Rodley and Andy McIntosh. The Heart of Horsemanship Training Academy is an online video training library dedicated to help you live your dream with your horse. With over 110 training videos across 30 hours of content, the Academy is designed for people at all levels of horsemanship. Visit hohacademy.co.uk, that's hohacademy.co.uk, for more information and start living your dream with your horse today. Hello and welcome to the Heart of Horsemanship podcast. I'm Mia Rodley and I'm here today with my co-host Andy McIntosh. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing to bit or not to bit. That is the question. Yes, that is the question. So bits and or bitless Bitless, riding. Yeah. Yeah. Pros, cons, bit of history, some funny stories. Yeah. Yeah. Just chat through it and a bit about why we ride with what we ride with. Yeah. And when we ride with it. Yeah. Because it's not like we do the same things all the time. No, it's not at all. We've both ridden bit and bitless. We can ride the same horse. With a bridle, without a bridle, with a halter, with a packamore, with a bosal, mm-hmm. with a curb bit, you yeah. know, it doesn't really matter actually what's on their heads. Nope. It matters more about uh, what we're doing yeah. with our bodies. And it, it matters knowing how to use these bits of equipment. Yes. And I think and it, that, why. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that is not just bits. That is bitless as well, because you can use your hands wrong on either. Yes. Um, and cause problems. Yep. With, with both. So, yeah, from, from that point of view. Timing, training, feel. Yeah. Yeah, all that jazz. Yeah. Yep. Open rain, closed reins. Indirect reins. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. So, and talking about all of that. Mm. Yeah, so I think the first thing I just want to say is that why on earth did humans create head collars, bits, bridles, and why did we go for, like, the most sensitive part of the horse? Like, why did we go, let's put a piece of metal... In its mouth. In its mouth. Well, I'm not sure it started with metal. Oh, was it leather? I think it started with leather and rope. I think so. Don't don't quote me on it, but I think so. I think it's where the very earliest kind of... Bits in the mouth were, 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 were not metal. Well, I've seen the like um, Cherokee bridles, yes. which is where it's just a loop of rope, rope. and then reins. Yes. So, um, and it just goes around the bottom jaw, really, yeah. doesn't it? So over the tongue and around the bottom jaw. Yeah. And then to reins to the human. And I suppose we see that as a kind of Native American yes. style yeah. um, of riding. But I'm sure they rode... Um, bitless and bridleless as well. Would and never surprise me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. depicted like that often. It is. Yeah, so, it is. You know, they, these pictures come from somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, and I think the point I'm trying to make there is we are derived from chimps. We are. We are pulley grabby creatures. Handy people. We, yes, handy. <laughs> handy, handy. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Exactly oh, what thing I was coming. going to yes, say. I do. I looked at Andy like, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Andy, Andy. Andy gets called Handy Andy, not only because he's very handy and useful to have around, <laughs> but um, he used to be a hand therapist, yes. obviously. If you've yes. listened to our podcast, you'll know. Uh, so we all call him Handy Andy. Handy Andy it is. So that's the story. But yeah, we're very handsy creatures. We, uh, we love to grip 
hold on and never let go. Yeah. And that can cause our horses a lot of turmoil yeah. when it comes to riding with reins. Yeah. So, um, again, with the holding and gripping and never letting go and horses being claustrophobic prey animals <laughs> who hate being trapped, when you've suddenly put a force in front of them, essentially, yeah. um, and they can't move forwards, that's when you can get... Uh, bucking, bolting, rearing, chomping mouths, yeah. um, head in the air, head in the air, head down, head down, yeah, evasion, pulling, of, evasion the... of the contact, yeah. as everyone says. I, I put in inadverted commas, yeah, because um, there are many different kind of opinions yes. on what a contact, what a contact is, is. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that actually might be interesting to touch on today is like maybe the French and German schools of riding and yeah. what maybe contact is. Um, but yes, I just find it fascinating that we went for the nose, um, the head, which obviously has hundreds and thousands of nerve endings on yeah. it. And then the mouth and the tongue and um, why that became what it is i think from a biomechanical point of view yeah wherever you point the nose or the, the rest head, of the body the goes. rest of the body goes so i yeah. think that's why that area was chosen yes and horses have very long necks so it long means necks, that you have yes. a lot of leverage yes um particularly left and right but also vertically as well so yeah. up and down yeah so whereas yeah. if you try and steer a cow with reins off of a bridle or um, off of a nose ring, perhaps, yes. or a bitless bridle. Um, they've got very short, fat, thick necks. Yeah. And you don't quite have the same leverage. No. Whereas a horse, you're right, wherever the nose goes, the feet follow. Yes, yeah. Well, at least they should. They should. <laughs> yeah. You can still ride a horse that has its nose flexed to the right and the feet are going very forward. quickly to the left or yeah, yeah, or forward. Rubber knickers. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Ones I, that know how to evade again. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think that's probably where it started from. Yeah. And I, I should imagine that there was probably a start of where they used bitless in the beginning yeah yeah maybe didn't have the control that maybe they thought they needed yeah i don't know how good their training was back then yeah um yeah. but then bits come into play for refinement yes and for well some people use bits for control yes when really they should be for refined communication yeah. yeah and um i often say the same thing about spurs as well yes. same, same debate yeah. comes up yeah so it's not for greater forces no. of woe or go um it should be for more refined communication yes. so yeah i agree um yeah and I, I know we sing off the same hymn sheet here with this as well so yeah. it makes for easy yeah. uh talking because a lot of people go, oh, I'll bit my horse if they're strong. And a lot of people go down the bitless route because they want to be kinder to their horses yep. and not have a piece of metal in their mouth. Yep. But those horses then might get a bit um, bracy yes. and pull against pull, them a lot. Pull and push. Pull yep. and push, yep. As they do, so they push into the pressure of the rain, yep. which makes us have to pull the other way yep. even harder. Yep. And... Uh, you know, sometimes that's where the rider's feel and timing comes into play a lot. Because, as I say, um, you should be able to communicate with your horse with whatever's on their head. But as a basis, when 
we or me when i start horses or yep. anyone kind of in the horsemanship world we often start them in a halter yeah so just a, a rope halter yes. with one rein yeah that's kind of our our tradition yeah. of starting young horses we've just got one rein and a rope halter we do all the groundwork in the rope halter so the horse yeah. understands the pressure on yeah, the head preparing for the ride yeah lateral flexion exactly leading them you know, yeah, for even either circles, side, circles, all like, that stuff it is It teaches prep. the horse how to move with the head collar, with yeah, the yeah. halter. And how to respond, how not to, not respond to push to into pressure, pressure, but how to, re, you know, uh, give Yield in, to pressure. Yeah, to the pressure, yeah. 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 And follow a feel. Yes. That's where all of this kind yes. of starts. Yes. Teach the horse to follow a feel and respond appropriately to pressure. Yeah. So um, we often start in the halter, as Andy said, lateral flexions. Uh, first rides on a horse just yep. with one rein. That stops you pulling back on two reins if a situation happens and yep. it helps you keep a bend through your horse so you can shut down any uh, dramatic situations that might come about and uh, keep the horse relaxed, essentially, because yep. you've got that lovely bend in their body with one rein. Um, and you can toss it over their head and bend them the other way and it's... It's a really nice way of first getting on a horse. Yep. Then from the halter, we go to a hackamore. And a hackamore is actually um, a bitless bridle, let's say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it should not have any metal in it. Yeah. So these new age uh, German, German hackamores yeah. or the traditional hackamores you get with those metal sides and it's like a leather nose band. Yes. Um, that is actually not a hackamore. Not not in the true sense. Not in the traditional yeah. term. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's incorrect. But so again, a hackamore could be a rope halter with reins knotted up underneath it. Yeah. A hackamore could be a bozal. Yes. Which is plaited leather, often rawhide and kangaroo leather. That's yeah, a real. Yeah. That's usually popular... the, the, the usually the, the thicker uh, nose bands. Yes. Being the hackamore. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, is that right? Have yeah, I just said that right. And yes. I would say <laughs> I doubted myself then. No, no. Well, and, and hackamores. And bosal is the smaller one that you tend to have well, that's on. on... Bosalita. Bosalita. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Little, 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 bosal. little. Yes. Yeah. So the the bosal is. Uh, I would say the width is probably about the width of your thumb. Yeah, good man thumb. Good man, not my thumb. Um, your, your thumbs are bosalita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I'd say a bosalita is like the. The thickness of your little finger. Or, yes, yeah, nice and thin. Um, and that often goes underneath... Um, a curb. A curb, yes. Yeah, so it's almost like a double bridle. But, almost, yeah. Uh, the curb in the mouth, but then the... Bosalita underneath. underneath as as uh, for the laterals. Yes. Oh. And what I find interesting with hackamores is um, the steering comes from underneath the jaw. Yes. So this means that you have to use open, open reins, yeah. and it's a very two-handed ridden um tool yes so whereas going up into curbs yes traditionally again they should be all one ridden one-handed handed, yeah. yeah um and you can use indirect rain very effectively on curbs yeah. which is which is why which is they were used for one-handedness because you could then fight sword. with a sword yeah exactly or, or something else yep yeah. or um herds yes cows with yeah, yeah. a big stick uh, i.e. garrotcha yeah. um, or rope cows yeah, rope, yeah. so um, 
from the hackamore or bozal then they often go to the snaffle yep. so this is again the more horsemanship tradition and yeah. usually it's a fairly thin snaffle yeah not too and thick. just a single jointed yeah. thin snaffle so it's it's loose ring often loose ring yeah if the horse it suits the horse yeah but, yeah and you know they at, often do on a basis young horses that get originally started or their first few rides with the bridle we just put the same bit in yes then once they've kind of got basic yielding to that bit then we find one that they really like yes. and that and suits yeah. them so that's when we'd get a bitting uh, person out or if you know your horse as well enough you can find one for yourself yeah but um after the snaffle then comes the curb so um the progression to a double bridle yeah. or a pelham yeah. Um, or, or a western or curb. Or a western curb, mm. yeah. So um, that would be that progression. And for me personally, how I do my horses would be halter, hackamore, snaffle, um, and a single jointed again, I go for, but more Egbert style. Yeah, I go curved mouthpiece so that they're, that, that they're not straight um, yeah. with, with a joint in the middle. They've got curves Curve. into the joint, so then they can't like have got so much of the nutcracker nut action. That's really nice. And then from the snaffle, um, I then find what bit suits them. So yeah. my youngsters at the moment, so my now turning five-year-olds, have just been put into a Kimblewick and a hanging cheek. But both of them being Spanish, yeah. I've found that a lot of Spanish horses like a um, kind of straight yes. bar. They yeah. don't like a lot of wiggle. So if you've got a double-jointed snaffle... They really dislike them, and mm. they've got quite big fleshy mouths a lot yeah. of the time, and that really um, sits on the tongue, puts quite a lot of pressure on the tongue, and I found they really love tongue release. release yeah. So anything that's a straight bar with a port, my boys love. Yes. Um, on the whole, yeah. not all of them, no. um, obviously, but then Morisco, I've found, loves having the curb chain yeah. and that ported straight bar, yeah. whereas Boogie is quite happy in just the hanging cheek with the ported with the port, yeah. mouthpiece. And then eventually, when they're more advanced, we'll move on to a Portuguese pelham, um, which is then a curb bit with that straight bar and port for the tongue relief, yeah. which is what spirit's in. Yeah. So that's kind of my my personal adv- advance of Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's it's for tools. what yeah, for what you want to do with, with your yes. horse. I mean, uh, often people think snaffles are kind. Yes. Um no bit is horrible, no bit is kind. It's the hands that hold the bit. Exactly. And we need to remember that educated hands is what's needed to use bits. Yes, because I've seen curbs used very lightly. Very lightly. And I've seen snaffle used incredibly heavy to the point where the horse's tongue turns blue. Well, yeah. So one of my things about a snaffle is you see the person go like, going out up with their friends yeah. for a hack or a, or a trail ride uh, and they're going to have a canter. They're going yeah. along, they're having a lovely time and they think, oh, I need to stop. Yeah. Oh, I can't. So they're pulling. You've got the feet out forward, yes. arms and elbows right back, and the leaning back. Mouth gapes open. Yeah, and it's like, and, and the snaffle gets pulled, pulled. through the yes. horse's mouth. And then it's, yeah. it's a double, double jointed snaffle. Off, often the yeah. actual joint itself is on the Hanging actual out. bar of the mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's just a hor- It's a horrible scene. Yes. Um, yeah. And I mean that a lot of that comes down to training, but. Any bit can be harsh. Yes. 
any bit can be light and soft. It's not the bit, it's the hands. Exactly. And I think, uh, like you going through your halter, hackamore, snaffle, curb, is, for me, it's like the horse natural progression. Yes. So I don't move on. Until. Until. Yeah. I feel like things are going right. Yes. Yeah. Until you've got a lovely degree of lightness going with the tools that you've got there and then. And then tools do make the next step. Yes. A lot easier. So you should be able to get a lot done, a lot, if not everything done with a snaffle. Yes. But if you find a bit that suits your horse better. Yeah. Then it can be a complete game changer. I struggled like mad with snaffles. Yeah. With my mare. She hates loose rings too much movement yep um she prefers a single joint to a a double jointed one she doesn't like the pressure of the bit of the of the nugget in the middle whatever you want to call it um so or peanut whatever you want to call it some of the angle different to others but she doesn't like tongue pressure um she was really hard working it head up in the air all sorts of horribleness in the snaffles uh, and I tried everything because in my head, snaffles were the kind of bit. Yeah, I um, must go. I must do this. Yeah. Put her in a pelham and everything went quiet. Game changer. Game changer. Now, I do have a slightly different shape. She doesn't like a straight bar. Yeah. She doesn't like any pressure at all on her tongue. Yeah. So you've got a so I've got, big, wide port. I've got a massive, wide port. It's quite a thin bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's um, kind of a miler-type bit. Yeah. Um. But it's got lots of tongue release and lots of space for her tongue. Because in the past, she had she would put her tongue over the bit. Well, she's and, had a tongue oh, injury as she well. She did have a tongue so. injury, a nasty injury. Yeah. Um, and I, after that, for a while, I rode her in a bosal. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't going to put a bit in her mouth. And I, I, at one point, I thought I'd never ride her in a bit again. Yeah. But um, the vet's advice was she should be able to be bitted again. And yeah. for what I wanted to do with her and what I wanted to learn with her was the dressage. And I really wanted to be able to do that in the traditional classical sense. Yeah. yeah. So um, had I not, had she not taken to the bit at all, I would have said, fine, that's not the way we're going. I yeah. would have done what I wanted to do with another way with the bosal yeah. or, or, a, or side a side pull or whatever. She, yeah. She'll go in a side pull. Um, I don't enjoy riding her in a side pull. Yeah. Um, and just quickly, um, Andy's horse's tongue injury just came from a field accident it when did, yeah. some baler twine, unfortunately, was left in the hay yeah. that she'd been given by one of the members of staff. And um, she'd been eating the hay, obviously put her foot through, through the other end of the loopy baler twine. Picked the baler twine up in her mouth with the hay, got caught in her teeth. She's wired. And then she obviously was yeah rubbing backwards and forwards oh. on that and it sliced her tongue in half. Yeah. Uh, we we did she did manage to keep her tongue. We yeah. were a bit worried she would have lost eight inches of tongue. That's incredible. Which is awful thought. Yeah. It was horrific. So um she part of the reason we've struggled with finding the right bit is finding something that works for her. Yeah. And her 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 anatomy. Now she she just looks now if you looked at her tongue she she's got feeling in it. We don't know how good her feeling is. She's definitely got feeling in it because um, when she first done it, it was completely numb at the end and she used to bite the end of her tongue. So we, there was a chance we were going to have to have that cut off. Yeah. Which was a nightmare because it would have caused problems with constantly biting the end of her tongue with infection and stuff. Mm. So but anyway, the, 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 obviously she stopped biting her tongue. Yeah. So there's some sensation we believe in it. Um, but now she looks, if you look 
eight inches back from the left side of her tongue. She looks like she's got a little crimp. Yeah. Um, they, they had to laser it. Yeah. Uh, in the end, because it kept falling to pieces when they sewed it back together. It was pretty rank. Um, but, I mean, it's amazing, really. Um, but uh, the, the positive thing for me, even though I was worried about her, I was never that worried that I thought, oh, my God, you know, she'll never be able to be a ridden horse again mm. because I'd already started in a halter. Yeah. So I knew I could ride in a halter. I didn't need the bit. Yeah. The bit, bit wasn't for control. Yeah. The yeah. bit was for refinement. Yes. So it wasn't the be all and end all. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I probably would have explored more of the bitless with her, you know, different types of bitless to find something that suited her. Had, had she, she not, not gone made into the recovery. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She made um, an amazing recovery. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we had to go down that line of finding what was right for her. And we know she needs lots of tongue release. She doesn't like it. She also has yeah. a really big, like, tongues are odd, aren't they? Yeah. Because uh, they have, like, a skinny bit at the front, like our tongue. Yeah, yeah. Some, some are more fleshy than others, but I, I assume humans are the same. Um, and then they've got this big, what I think they call grass tongue. Yeah. At the at back. The back. Yeah. yeah. Well, Molly's is, comes quite far forward. Yeah. And if I use a straight bar, that folds over the top. Oh, of, gosh. Yeah. Of the straight bar. Of the straight bar. Yeah. Which is why she hates tongue pressure, because yeah. anything in the way of that, yeah. not nice. But if we lift everything up out of the way, then that can actually slide a little bit Under, underneath. Yeah. Um, so I don't want a port that's so high that it's going to poke into the roof Half of her mouth. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that high, but it's nice and high that she can get her tongue up there, but it doesn't... And it's very wide as well. Very, very wide. wide yeah. and high. Whereas mine... Um, are almost like a little semicircle. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, Spirit's bit is a handmade um, Portuguese pelham, yeah. and it's a specific kind of. You see them in working equitation Pleasure. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's the say more similar to yours in the sense it's shaped forwards. Yes. As well as it has the port, whereas the standard pelhams and Kimblewicks and such yeah. are just straight with a little port. But oh, yeah. For now, I'm yeah. happy, and yeah, the boys exactly. are happy with them. So. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is, it's so fascinating because Marisco, my uh, cheeky monkey youngster, <laughs> who's very opinionated and lets his thoughts be known, um, he was chomping, kind of chewing. He'd be, yes, he knew how to yield to the bit. We could go, stop, turn. He could frame himself up quite nicely, but he was just never settled, always chomping, always, um, you know, just and wasn't going really forwards into the contact either. And when I popped him into the, you know, I thought it was a bit early, to be honest, to be putting him in a slightly more advanced bit. But it, again, complete game changer. He was yeah. like a different horse. Yeah. Completely quiet mouth. Um, happily working into the contact. I've never felt him feel so strong, straight and and supple at the same time. But yeah. my boys um, are very wiggly, being Spanish. They often struggle with straightness. And so to feel him kind of work through and over his back, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And that is because, I mean, you know more about this anatomy than I do, is the tongue is attached to the hyoid, yes, which then has a massive influence on the thoracic sling yeah. and also the back and the hind end. So yes. everything is connected. Technically, and if you explain. think about it, the tongue is connected to the back legs. Yeah. If you put it all together, it's connected to the back legs. So yeah. when you've got a hyoid problem, 
that can affect the hind end. And the hyoid is this tiny, tiny very thin, little thin delicate. it kind of reminds me of the wishbone out of a yes, chicken. Yes, it does a little bit. Yeah. It's, it, I, it feels to me less sturdy than that because it's actually, yeah. I believe, got little joints in that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, it's floating, isn't it? It's a yeah, floating it's kind of, apparatus of yes. bone yeah. and cartilage at the back of the tongue. Yeah. Um, and that actually massively affects the horse's balance. Yes. So if you have a horse that um, twists its neck or struggles with balance and might even look like wobblers on yes. occasion, yeah, sometimes yeah. it can be um, hyoid. hyoid. Yeah. yeah, so they might... I've. I know of one friend whose horse actually broke its hyoid. Yeah. Um, and it was staggering all over the field. Oh, it can wreck it. It can yeah. wreck a horse. I mean, that was one of my worries with, with Molly's tongue injury, how mm. she damaged her, damaged her hyoid. But there's, I, I, I probably would believe that her hyoid might be a bit off at times from the imbalance on, in the tongue. Yeah. From, you know, because I think obviously that she was working one side of her tongue probably more than the other for a while. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like that's evened up. I haven't had them same kind of issues. Um, yeah. There's kind of bit. I always feel like people have different thoughts, trains of thought about whether you can adjust a hyoid or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I believe uh, muscle imbalances can cause problems for hyoid, mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't just have to be in the mouth. That can be yeah. imbalances in the body. Yeah. You know, as well. This, uh, that cause that, even that down to their feet and their dental work. Exactly. It, yeah, yeah, dental work especially. Fascinating. Yeah. So I think, yeah, from that point of view, I think that's kind of a good... We actually, actually on that note, um, with the dental work, I had a horse in for training years ago now, maybe four years ago, a Spanish mare, and um, her owner specifically wanted her to be worked on her schooling, and her yeah. owner loved and adored her and cared for her very well, um, you know, so she thought... But she actually hadn't had her teeth done for seven years, oh, no. and she developed such a hook over the first in um, first molars um, that she away. couldn't move oh. her jaw. Yuck. So, and for a horse to drop into a contact, same as us. So, if you're yeah. listening, just drop your your head down. So, take your chin to your chest. In order to do that, you have to allow your jaw to relax and come forwards. Yeah, if, you, if you're really relaxed in your jaw, so you'll you notice your, teeth, your bottom teeth come forward. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and horses have to do the same thing. So in order to actually drop themselves into any you know, into vertical flexion, let's say, um, they have to allow their lower jaw to release and come forwards. Yes. But the way the teeth had grown, she could not move her no. jaw. So she ended up just being squished. Yes. Until we had the dentist out, obviously. And that, that's so. a, a lot of, when you see tension in the contact. Yeah. And the horse is holding. If you do it yourself and they again close now, their they throat. close. Yes. Yeah, so if you hold your teeth together and don't let your bottom jaw feel the difference. Mm. Feels weird. You, you can do like it, but it's like. Throats. Mm. But if you let go and soften. It opens it all back up again. You don't feel like you can't breathe. Well, yeah. often, you don't. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna stop breathing. Yeah. But if you let that go, you make space for, for the you airways. You soften. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's really good. That's a good little self-demonstration. Yeah. So yeah, dental work is very important in that yeah. as well. So, um, and again, that goes for actually, to be honest, even riding in a halter or a hackamore or a bozal, if your horse hasn't had its teeth checked yeah. and they've got sharp sides, oh, and, it can't, it, and it, oh. if you pull on the halter, even just to turn yeah. them or if you're 
working them on the ground, it can cut their cheeks open so quickly. I had a horse have the dentist the other day. Mm. He was done nine months ago. Um, was not, it's not one of my own horses, but done nine months ago, and he'd already got um, kind of ulcers on his cheek from where he'd got slight peaks yeah. where they get a little sharp, yep. and obviously that rubs. Yep. Uh, and, and on the soft cheek inside and causes ulcers. So it's, it's just... Usually, so I had a conversation with the dentist about this, because if they're in the wild and they were eating, they'd also be browsing on much coarser... Yeah, harder um, stuff. Hard, like branches and trees and, you know, all sorts, and naturally filing their teeth down. But they don't have head collars in the wild, so there's no pressure being put on their cheeks to their teeth. Yes. So... That's why they're fine in the wild, because yeah. everyone goes, oh, well, what were they doing in the wild? It's us again that have yeah. <laughs> imposed our... Our creations our, to put on them. Yes, um, exactly, that can cause them this discomfort. Yeah, so that's definitely. also a really important point when we think and talk about this. So um, that's that was all very interesting. I'm just looking at my notes. We've just... I've. I'm just going to highlight again. It comes down to the hands that use the tools. Yeah. It's it's not the tool. It comes down to the yeah. hands that use them. And with that, the feel and timing of how to ride well with reins yes. is something that you have to learn. Yeah. And it's something that comes with experience and um, correct education. Yes. I feel if you kind of just let yourself go for it, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and your horse might not thank you for it. Yes. It would be really good to get as much education on how to use your reins to prevent any unnecessary yes. traumas, let's say, We've for you and your done, horse. We've both done simulations with bridles and yeah, reins, and haven't we? Just to you... contact with each other and yeah. kind of playing um, with another person. With the feeling. With feel on the reins. What feels nice, what doesn't feel nice. Yeah. Um, the feel of the bit, even, I've had... You can put in your mouth. I haven't put I it in my... I had that at Pony Club. Yeah, I haven't put it in my mouth. To put but I've had it over my on my arm. Yes. Um, and then, like, with my, my, my elbow on the table, as if I'm going to arm wrestle, but with my... Yeah my arm vertical my forearm vertical and then put around there and have someone do it yeah and then pull on the bits and see what it feels like yeah, yeah it's very interesting i know it's a more bony bit but you've got to bear in mind that the bony bit of the horse's mouth is, is the bars it's the bars yeah. yeah um but it gives you an idea of what it feels like what feels good and what doesn't feel yeah. good and i think you know um simulations for me have been one of the most powerful things i would agree I, yeah. it's it's one of those things that you can kind nothing's the same as riding a horse yeah. and holding the reins in a horse's mouth. Yeah. However, if you have some idea of what things feel like, you are more aware when you do ride the horse. Yes. Yeah. That for me, it was really powerful. Really powerful. The difference between a lifted rein and a pulled back rein. Yes. Um, using your biceps or using your triceps, triceps yeah. to hold the Some reins. Some of my, or one of my favourite things to say is like when we hold the reins, um, hold them in the palm of your hand, not just in your fingertips. But yes. imagine like you're holding an egg. Yes. So, or a chick. Yeah. So you're holding and they're there because you don't want to drop it, but mm. you equally don't want to kill it or crack the egg. So, um, and another thing is the reason we put the, rain around our ring finger yeah. is because 
um, if you squeeze your ring finger onto the palm of your hand, just feel where that makes your arm tense or yeah. where you feel the tension in your arm. Yeah. And then squeeze your thumb and your index finger yeah. and feel where that makes your arm tense. And for me, it comes on the top of my arm. That's right, I hope so. And then, yeah, <laughs> Andy will know this better again, being a hand therapist. And then when you squeeze with your third finger, it actually relaxes and softens that, which enables you to use your triceps more than your biceps when you're riding. And yeah. it feels like a nicer contact to the horse. So another reason you tend to use your, your third finger, your ring finger, to have yeah. the reins round, is because your little finger is the strength of your grip. Interesting. So people often don't know that this is a hand therapy thing, but yeah. people don't realise if you lose that little finger and then try and grip. So imagine you've oh. got a little finger, now try and grip. <gasps> now add the little finger in and grip. Yes. Oh, That's fascinating. Yes. You don't realise how important it is. It's extremely important. It's the strength of grip. <gasps> Gosh. Yeah, so it's that's another reason. We don't want to have all our strength of grip no. on the reins. It's not what it's about. No. It's not what it's about. I I have very soft feel. Yeah. I am really soft with my hands. Yeah. Um I don't know why, I just am. Mm -hmm. I've always been hold less than hold more. Yeah, yeah. Um but uh, and I always think about uh, my thumb doing what's called a lateral pinch on my reins. So a tip to tip would be where you make a, a circle. Yeah. So where uh, your thumb and your index finger touch. Touch yep. tips. Yeah. A lateral is where your thumb comes down, kind of on your middle, the middle joint of your finger your, on the top, when you yep. kind of bring your thumb down on top. And that's how when I hold my reins, that's where my reins are. That's where yeah. my, I hold my reins. Yeah. And then my chicks in my hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Because you can do a good pinch there. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can allow for movement, so I can move that's my right. reins yeah. either way. Yep. Yeah. By shuffling them in and out using my thumbs yeah. forwards or backwards, stroking backwards, stroking forwards. Yeah. I can adjust the length of my reins really quite easy. easy. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Um, and then I have really soft. And I do have what I would call, I, ha I hear people talk about, um, imagine you've got sponges in your hands with yeah. your reins, but that makes you feel like you want to be squeezing water out. And you don't. And you don't. Yeah. So what I always think is about my, my fingers being curled, but there's some elasticity to them. Yeah. Some stretch. This comes back to me, wine gum, I think. Yeah. Don't have fingers like a marshmallow. marshmallow. Don't have them like a rock. Yeah, be a wine gum. Be a wine gum. Yep, um, love it. Yeah, so kind of have that kind of give and feel so that there's some elasticity there as well as give and feel in your arms. Yeah. So allowing your elbows to it come back. It should be matching and mirroring your Yeah, that kind of good rhythm. general feel. And uh, flow. Um, so it's not rigid and stuck yeah. in the contact when I'm holding with a bit in the reins, it's kind of... Softened. With the horse, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's that straight line again from your elbow to the horse's mouth. I wish people That's, did it. Yeah. How yeah. many times do you see the Broken polar opposite? Contacts. Oh my yeah. god, my favourite hands right yeah, down, straight arms. Yeah. Um, hands right down to try and pull the horse's head down. But yeah, but yeah. in doing so, they bring the shoulders up. Yeah. So they've got shoulders up by their ears, holding down. Yeah. I call it. Sorry, guys, the show jumper stance <laughs> on a contact. Not all, Not all jumpers, but it's what yeah. I call it. I'm sorry. Um, and, and then the, the side to side wiggle. Oh, that. That saw the mouth. The I will get its head down. Mouth. That is by far my biggest pet peeve is um, sawing off the mouth. It makes me want to whip someone. <laughs>
Do it, do it on yourself. See what it feels like. So the let's just talk about that because okay. I see it a lot and it. Me too. And actually, it's not. With, well, I see it with show jumpers. Yes, yes. Yes. But actually, with a lot of dressage riders, yes. I've seen it recently, and it's trying to get the horse to soften the neck. Yeah. To drop into a softer, rounder, deeper contact, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and have that frame that everyone's looking for and we can talk about we we could talk we could talk about so much here but know, we, we need to try hours. and keep it about bits and bitless but anyway quickly talk about this the um theory of this is if your horse is holding tension in the base of the neck if you use an inside flexion yeah or an outside flexion and just hold that flexion until your horse softens the base of the neck and then give the rein and have them be straight in that nice now softness with the base of the neck. That is where the theory comes from. So yes, I have flexed my horse to the inside. Yes. I may also flex them to the outside yes. if they're holding tension still in in their neck. Yeah. Um, but I will do it down, say, the whole length of a of an arena. Yeah. So down forty meters, I will hold until you know until the horse softens. It might not be the whole length of the arena. And then the second I feel them soften, then it's straight again. Yeah. So where this soaring of the mouth has come from is because they yeah. flex their horse's neck side to side, side to side, side to side, until it softens. And so, yes, the horse might come onto a contact, yeah. but it's very false as well. I, and it's forced. I believe the lateral bend in the neck. Yeah causes the muscle to relax on the inside yeah but not on the outside not necessarily on the outside yeah however if you allow so for instance um i was taught recently um by the lovely lucy mm-hmm. um who said to me i used to do the same as you i'd kind of hold and hold and hold and hold and then when Until you go and soften, give yeah. yeah she gave me another little tip which is another useful one yeah. and that is to i take slightly lift slightly the rein give yeah. straight away yeah Every single time, horse goes straight away. It goes. Yeah. It's like a cue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you're getting. Tight. I find that more in the slightly more advanced horses. Say so yes. in spirit. Absolutely. If there's yeah. a bit of brace there, then yeah. I might. I just lift my fingernails to the yes. sky. Yeah. And take and then give, and he will soften. Yeah. Really quickly. quickly. Yeah. But. Yes, I think that's an amazing it's tip. A, again, yeah. it is about refinement. Yeah. After all, um, yeah, I. I, I I was still holding too long yeah. on a horse that didn't need to need be held. Need to be, be held, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah you're getting... And sometimes if you offer them that softness, they follow it. Yeah. So even, as I said, I might hold it until the horse softens. Yeah. It depends how much brace, it yes. depends on the horse, on the situation. But if you kind of hold, almost show them where the tension is and then release yeah. and offer them that softness first, they, they will then go, oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to follow that feeling. Oh, that's better, yeah. And sometimes they might not. Yeah. So, you, you, know, you never know. It depends on the situation. You never know. But uh, so, another use, just a useful little another tip. Another tip, yeah. So, we digress a bit. We did, sorry. As we do. But um, going back to bits or bitless, I also want to talk about a bit of history with um, kind of the classical way. So... This can be um, like Spanish tradition. Yep. It's also French classical dressage. And it would start with a noseband or a serreta yep. in Spain, which has two rings on the outside, so yep. on either side of the head. And um, that is how they start their young horses, is just with the noseband with two reins. And so the noseband is that 
a soft noseband or is that a firm noseband? Well, in Spain, it's very firm. Yes. It's a serrated metal noseband wrapped in leather. Yeah. Um, so it's very firm, but it should not cut the horse's skin. No. However, so many Spanish horses I see... Uh, are covered too. in serrata scars. Which is why I brought this up. Yeah. Because I, I knew the answer to yeah, this, yeah. but I wanted you to explain yeah, for, yeah. for so the listeners. Even my own stallion, Ben, he's got serrata scars so clear that in his summer coat you can see the, the zigzags. zigzags. And where it's cut here, you can see they move it down. Ooh. And then it's cut down here and they move it back up. And then they, there are just hundreds of little... Yeah. Uh, and it's horrible, to be perfectly honest. I think it's it's completely brutal and needless because he's such a sweet, gentle oh. stallion. He would have never have needed... You know, when you meet a real bracy, strong, <laughs> opinionated horse, you might be like, oh, mate, you kind of brought it on yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you were just a bit softer if and you kinder, were a bit, yeah. then maybe they wouldn't have done that to you. But he is such a yeah. sweet stallion that I just... You know, anyway, I digress. So... They start with the serretta or a noseband. Yeah. Uh, it could be a caverson. Yeah. So it could be leather. It could be a chain wrapped in leather. It could have some structure to it. It might not have any structure to it. And then it can be as structured as a serretta. Then they go to a serretta with a snaffle. Yeah. So you're now riding with two reins. Yeah. So they've taken the pressure from the nose, which the horse understands from the yeah. groundwork again, to then with the bit. Yeah. So you can ask your horse to turn right. And if they don't understand with the snaffle rein, then you've got the serretta rein to kind of Makes bridge sense. that cue. Bridge the gap, yeah. Because so many people go, right, so let's whack the bit in. Yeah. And the horse should be able to understand what all this pressure means. But it takes time. It does, yeah. To teach the horse to respond to the aids in the, the mouth, mouth yeah. from when they've been so used to everything on the face. Agree, so, yeah. um, so that's kind of how they bridge the gap. And then they actually go from the serretta to with a curb. So same thing, the serretta is then used for laterals yeah. and the curb is used for lift. Lift, yeah. Um, and then they eventually go just to the curb. So very similar to what would be a double bridle yeah. to then a single curb. Single curb yeah. So you've got the snaffle there for laterals, the curb for lift. You've got the serretta or noseband there for laterals and then the curb for lift. And that takes us into the French classical as well. Because yeah. that's how they would have v gone. Very similar. Very yeah. similar. I, I, what would differ probably... Uh, I mean, the French, I don't believe, ride in... Uh, they will have had nosebands they'd have had with nose the rings. Yeah. Some uh, new I'm age. talking like the old, age. old paintings yeah. so of it's the very, medieval men. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you still see. So there are there are people that still use that. So they they tend to have it. It's like a, a bicycle chain. Yes, wrapped in wrapped leather. in leather and, and padded. It's like it sounds, an academic. Sounds hideous actually. But it's actually quite nice. But they are actually really nice. It's That's soft, what I use. Yeah, it it's moves. soft and movable and pliable. It can shape to the shape of the horse. The horse yeah. Um, but it's still got structure there. Yeah, it's structure there um, to help teach the horse because you with, with a uh, um, what do they call it a caverson sorry my brain yes. brain a caverson with a caverson it needs to be um, done up fairly firmly because otherwise it, it twists, twists yeah. um, and you don't want that because then the, the, the cheek piece comes and hits the horse in the eye so it needs to be there but you, you need a contact yeah. with from your hand along that lunge line to the nose to the nose in order to be able to help create the bend yeah. 
and feel and contact. Yes. The first kind of bit of contact when yes. you're lunging. And then they go from the lunging to the riding, yep. which is why there's the three rings. rings. So they've yep. got the middle ring for lunging and the ones either side for the reins. And then they start bringing in the snaffle and stuff. So you're dead right. that The new age would, would then go, instead of using the... Um, Caverson to, to ride off before they went into the bit, they would often do groundwork with, with the, the snaffle bit, yeah. and bit before they then got, which is another way, obviously. I think that's the nicest, I think that's the best way, I, personally. Yeah, play, play so, with a bit on the ground. Yeah. yeah, so that the horse has all of those uh, aids ready for when you ride with the bit because um, it's the worst feeling getting on a horse and then having to have an argument with them because they don't understand Sand. the pressure of the bit and yeah. of course sometimes you have to go there um but you can set it up so that you never even have to come across that yes. discussion and that's really really lovely when that happens yeah. and often what i do is when we're riding in the halter um or the hackamore they wear the bridle yes. so they spend like two weeks just wearing a bit like yeah. an accessory yeah yeah it's not we're not using it it's in the, in the mouth just yeah. to make them get a feel of it exactly um and, and they then can move in it but i love having these clip-on reins because where the halter comes down into into the knot under the jaw yeah is right next to the snaffle so i can clip my reins onto the rope halter and yes. the snaffle which and... then if i turn pulls the rope halter and the snaffle so it's like my own yes. little creation yes. <laughs> of how to carry over um, <clears throat> instead of having two sets of reins yeah i can i skip a little bit but that's yeah. a sneaky mirror trick there. yeah that's a good that's a good one actually really so one. um but yeah and um then as we said we spoke about the kind of horsemanship stages and that actually comes from the vaquero tradition so a lot of uh i'm going to say natural horsemanship comes from uh vaquero which california vaquero which is kind of the art of um cowboys i'm yeah. gonna say it's like dressage for cowboys yeah exactly and actually vaquero <laughs> comes from doma vaquera yeah. which is spanish for cowboy dressage. Yes. So... Doma Vaquera. Doma Vaquera. And then Vaquero. So the Spanish conquistadors got gifted land in America, in California specifically. And then the Doma Vaquera tradition of the Spanish way of training horses and using garrochas to herd cows <laughs> then got taken to America, which became what we now know as buckaroos, cowboys, yeah. um, lassos, yeah. not garrochas so they had to use ropes instead of herding sticks and that is where so much of what we do is based upon because we had to be able to have refined communication with our horses in our seat and in our hand and in the uh, you know having a horse straight up in the bridle as a california vaquero uh kind of that's their end goal yes so that's lightness again yeah so that your horse could be your partner to help you achieve the task of doctoring a cow mm. or um, defeating your enemy, yes. you know, in, in battle. In so yeah. that's where so much has come from. And it's so interesting because all when you get to riding with a curb, it should be one-handed. And all these traditions, uh, you have to have your reins in your left hand to left. have your right hand free. free. Yeah. Um, whether that's to have a sword or a garrocha or 
to lasso. Yeah. Um, it's all right-handed. Mm -hmm. So sorry, you guys who have got left hand, <laughs> who are left-handed. Yeah. Um, you're going to struggle there. That age-old tradition of you can't be left-handed. You're not you allowed to be. be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, just because tradition says, and uh, the curb, <laughs> as we said, allows for. Uh, refined communication and indirect movement. Yes. So it's almost to where you're like riding with a joystick. Yeah, it is. It as is exactly weird what it's as that like. sounds. Like yeah. a little Xbox game. There's lots you can do, and the way you can yeah. move your hand in order to get different things. Exactly. So you can twist your fingernails up to the sky. That could be an indirect rain uh, to the right. If I'm if my reins are in my left hand, I could uh, twist my fingernails down. And now I'm looking at more of a direct rein on the left yeah. side of the, uh, of the horse, on the left rein. And then, you know, backwards can be for slowing down, forwards can be for yeah. allowing more stretch. It's, I love it, your hand, lift and then and, lift. Yeah, yeah. lift and down and it's, forward. I love it. It's Stretch. Exactly. You know, it's, it, there's lots of things you and can do. And all just tiny little microscopic um, changes yeah. in in your hand and your arm and, and obviously your posture and your body aids that mm -hmm. should really be what comes first but um, this also goes on to bits with leverage and the signal bit which again is a california vaquero bit where it's a really large curb like yeah. super long like four to six inches long yeah. curb and they've got a big spade spade bit yeah so and they with use a roller sometimes with a roller and yeah and a cricket yeah a cricket, so yes. uh that's how you can hear if your horse is relaxed or tense because the cricket you can hear and hear it's it. like or yeah. maybe a bit squeakier, squeakier than that. that yeah um but it, you can hear it as you're riding and if your horse is like rhythmically moving its tongue then you know that your horse is relaxed yeah. whereas if there's no noise or if there's way too much noise and it's really staccato and erratic then you know your horse is tense yes, so yeah. um but the signal bit with that great deal of leverage and curb bits as well is so that you don't have to uh put so much pressure on no. the horse you have to lift your curb up yeah. to a certain degree yeah. before there's actually action on the mouth yeah so lifting the curb half an inch is a signal or even less than half an inch yeah. half a centimeter is a signal to the horse that something's about to happen. Yeah. Like, we're about to do something. Obviously, with your thoughts, intentions, yeah. and energy, and body language as well. But if you isolate it down to the reins and the bit, that is um, the signal. Yeah. So, and I, that's what I like about leverage bits. Yes. Um, because it also helps with so much self-carriage, because there shouldn't actually be much contact on a curb. If anything, yeah, or, exactly. or it's momentary. Yeah. It's um, like Could a little you? correction. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if spirit gets a little bit on the forehand and I'm riding with one hand, I'll obviously make sure my body's in the correct position. Yeah. But again, isolating down to the reins, I'll just give a little like, oh, can you come up, please? Yeah. So there might be a moment of uh, contact on yeah. his mouth, and then it's back to almost a loose rein. Yes. And it's it's such an amazing feeling. I think as well, if you look at how uh, we're taught in England, how to ride, it's mm. all contact. You need a, you need more contact. You need more contact. Take more, take more. Yeah. When you 
but learn and to ride push else. them into it yeah and yeah. if you learn to ride in like spain you're not riding with a snaffle like we would be you'd probably be riding in, in, in a, curb. a curb yep um, and you would have very little with the reins. Yeah. You'd be using your seat more. You use your body your so Your body and your much. seat. Yeah. And then little bits of movement with the one hand often um, allows for the horse to go, oh, yeah, sorry, I need to lift, lift. a little more. Yeah. And then you can you can ask the hind end to come under and yeah. push more. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's... it's uh, when you look at, at bits and things, we we often put in way more pressure on our horse's mouth with snaffles than we yeah, ever do with with a curb. With a curb. Yeah. However, we know that pelhams tend to be used often on the hunting for field breaks. for breaks. Yeah, yeah. I had someone go, "Oh, you've got two reins and a pelham." Oh goodness me! Like that, that horse, horse must be strong. strong. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. As a matter of fact, he's not strong at, at all. all. But, no. um, they can ride in bridleless for crying yeah, out Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so um, yeah, so we really have to think about what we're talking about yeah. with bits. And don't just think because you're riding in a snaffle and it's got a lozenge in the middle that it's a nice bit. Yes. Because it's not necessarily the case. Yes. It's your hands. It's your hands. And that's where it's our responsibility to take care of our education. Yes. So, And uh, I, I find you, you do get heavy horses and you do get yes. light horses naturally. Yep. Heavy Certainly. horses can feel horrible and you can Ooh. feel like you're having to pull a lift. There is one horse I've been riding in particular at the moment. So there's this particular horse I've been riding at the moment. Um, it's a new horse at Knights of Middle England. She's called Pip Blatter. She's an Irish draft cross Connie and she's built really downhill. <laughs> and she's not been educated um, really with how to hold herself and how to help herself. And obviously being the breed and the build she is, it's really difficult for her to sit back and shift yes. her weight onto her haunches. Yeah. She's really on the forehand, but it's not particularly healthy for her. No. And her head is so low and so down and same thing, she was in a snaffle and I can get stuff done in a snaffle, but the amount of pressure yeah. I was having to put on her yeah. to cause her to lift, lift. Yeah. was astronomical. My arms were aching yeah. and I'm used to riding very light horses. Yeah. So I said, please, can I put a pelham on her and teach her a little bit about lift um, through this with refined ace and it meant that i could take care of my body better yeah uh to be a better rider for her rather and not than being to pulled yeah you're either leaning her. back and pulling or you're getting pulled forward exactly yeah. and putting so much pressure, pressure. on her mouth yeah, whereas with the pelham i was like boop, immediately lifted up so much softer nice yeah. rounder um it made such a difference and i, I was shocked actually mm. how that tool just accelerated that situation with that horse. I think the action of, of, of a pelham is, is different. So it doesn't yeah. just work on the sort of one or two areas that a snaffle probably works on yeah. because we know that snaffles it's have tongue, tongue yeah. um, uh, and uh, probably lip yes, uh, yeah. as well. Um, uh, it, it, it doesn't really touch the bars, does it, a snaffle? Not that not much. Not a typical... Not unless you put your hands low yeah. and yeah. then you're putting on the bars. But it's mainly tongue and lip. Um especially in the French classical term yes, as well, yeah. that's very much lifted hands for the lips more than anything. Yeah. Um, but when you use, a, a, like, the action of a pelham, you've got the bit itself yeah. in the mouth, so you've probably got a little bit of tongue pressure, yeah. a bar pressure, 
curb pressure. And the curb so chain, yeah. I, I, I curb often chain or curb. curb. I, I use a leather curb. Yeah, I yeah. use a rope. Well, it's kind of a rope. Yeah, one. yeah. You know, you know the kind I mean. Like there's kind of knotted rope. Yeah. Uh, uh, mine's actually elastic. I think. Yes. No, it's not. It's a rope one. I, mean, I like. I've got an yeah. elastic one as well. Um, but that, you know, that's kind of an, an important piece which we should touch on. Really, yes. Talk a little bit about. But um, I think when you um, put pressure, smaller amounts of pressure on a few areas, it kind of spreads that weight. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it, it makes it more effective. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Much more effective than having to to lift and pull and. Yeah. And be too too much with the snaffle. Now, when I ride Moll, if I want her to get neck extension, so yeah. just stretch her neck forward and open at the pole, mm. snaffle's the best thing yeah. for me to do that in. Yeah. Not the pelum. Pelum can cause them to... The opposite. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to be careful. Yes. So if I feel that my horse is getting a little bit... Um, wanting to tuck her nose down too far yeah then i'll come out of the pelham for a little bit go back to my snaffle and yeah. work on neck extension and then pop back when you want then more pop, lift and engagement then i'll pop back yeah. and when i want to work my horse and do stuff with my horse with the collection stuff i'll put my pelham back in and that is where i suppose a double bridle comes in. right there yeah. is that yeah absolutely because even if you were to just to use the snaffle rein on a pelham it is still a little bit like a, a, a uh, hanging cheek hanging cheek snaffle yeah. so it still has that kind of little bit of leverage yeah a yeah. tiny tiny yeah. little bit of leverage um, and not pole pressure yeah people think they cause pole pressure but they don't no They're, so a hanging cheek ha- hangs, hangs in the mouth yes. really nicely yes and it's quite a nice feel for yeah, the horses they is. quite like the feeling of it hanging there rather than laying across on the tongue on the, the tongue lips, lips. Yeah. so yeah so again dependent on what your horse really likes but um yeah, um, I've gone off the off the Tangent. track a little bit. Yeah. We were just talking about double bridle. Yes, so um, you're you're dead right. The double bridle would be more useful in the terms that then the the the, the standard snaffle, which is often loose ring, yeah, um, as a bradoon, um, uh, the lift would then allow that neck extension easier yeah. than than the the. the just the hanging curb. cheap, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's it's quite interesting. I haven't gone down the double bridle route for Molly for the simple reason of her tongue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, the reason I went for the bit that I went for is I can ride it almost like a snaffle. Yeah. As in, <laughs> again, a hanging cheek snaffle. Yeah. And that's how I ride it. Yeah, you I, don't have. I a don't curb have. Brain. I don't use my curb brain uh, at the moment because yeah. I don't need it right now. Um, that will come. Yeah. Um, and that is again a progression for me yeah, and for the yeah. horse because she she wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I would have made her fold too much. Yeah, yeah. So let's build it, get her used to the and feeling, get her understand. Yeah. yeah, and she is getting better at opening the pole. Yeah. in that. But if I feel like she's really folding, then I would go to back into the snaffle. Yeah. I have to use an egg butt and a snaffle shaped. and a shaped mouthpiece to give yeah. as much tongue room as possible and um she doesn't like lots of movement in her mouth so that yeah. doesn't give too much movement it's quite a stable bit yeah, yeah. It, it is and it's kind to the lips and yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a almost like um a finished horse bit. snaffle yeah that is yeah you know they're soft they're nice if you've got trouble holding your horse you ain't gonna want to be in a no an egg no. but single <laughs> No. jointed snaffle really but, but um that comes with education that does you know? but, if you've got a horse that blows through pressure either with a bit or bitless um 
it comes back to education always, and always. the horse's mind because there's a great saying the more you use the reins the, the less, less they, they use, use their, their brains. brains yeah and that is so true and, and is... it's because we micromanage them yeah and they almost kind of switch off and they go oh mum's going to tell me when I want this to happen yeah. or you know my rider's going to tell me when they want this and so they just wait to be told rather than engaging their own mental brain. Yeah. Side, yeah their own brain and having that mental connection with the rider so that's where um, riding bridleless or riding freestyle as we used to call it yeah where you haven't got any contact on the reins mm. that is how you develop your horse's mental connection yeah. to your seat and body yeah and then you pick up the reins for shaping and framing, mm. not for stopping unwanted forward motion. I mean, yes, they can be used for that, but they should really be used for just shaping and framing. And then your body and the horse's education should take yeah. care of the rest. It's exactly the same. I feel that um, spurs should not ever be allowed to be worn. To go forwards. For forwards. No. They should be something you have to graduate yes. to have. They should, it's almost like your trainer would be like, you've graduated to these. Your yeah. horse can walk, trot, canter, stop and back up. And go sideways. And go sideways without any reins. Yeah. All and from your now body. now you can... Now you can have your spurs. This will help you with your, your laterals. Yeah. You don't even have to use them. No. I mean, you the first time on. I rode solo in Spurs, my heels were pointing out. Out, me too. Because I it's could... So frightened. I was so scared yeah. of putting my leg on him or touching him with the Spurs, being such a sensitive horse uh -huh. as well. Um, I thought I was just going to get catapulted to the moon if I dared touched him with what, the... what Spurs helped me with because again I was the same as you I was like oh crumbs I don't want to I don't yep. want this to touch it my horse wrap my or... leg around him yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it makes you realise that when people say more leg mm -hmm. that means more leg not more heel mm -hmm. yes use the top of your calf yes not your heel yeah you don't need that the tops of your leg is your seat part of your seat yep. your lower leg it's your calf often that yeah. you want to be doing the work against yep. the horse. And then you can bring in the heel, which is often the spur. As a last... As a hello. Yeah, please can uh, or you. Or a small little like, could you just, can I yeah. help you? And it's it's more precise. So there's a different points uh, that you can, areas you can we put can your foot. We can talk about that in yeah, another episode. It's, yeah. an, it's another good yep. one. Different points. They're almost, I, we call them buttons. I don't yep. know if you call them, you call them buttons as well. There's different places you can have buttons for different things. And that can be much more refined and in much smaller space if you've got yeah. a smaller cue. Yeah. They're like more mini specific. sticks. They're yeah. a mini stick that you can use to touch. And it's not to kick. No. Oh, no. Got, um, yeah. And it's not to rub and it's not to craze them with. It's a tool for to listen. Yeah. Uh, and for them to understand. It's refinement just so like So you the can do less. In less, your body. Yeah. Less. Less, more lightness. Yeah. Less force. Touch. Yeah. You can, I can touch someone with my finger and hurt them and poke them. Yeah. However, I can touch them really softly and tickle them. Yeah. Just yeah. remember, you can do exactly the same with a spur. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not, again, it's not about the reins or, or the bit or the spurs, about the person using yes, them. Yes, exactly. So, on that... Let's talk about bitless bridles. Yes. So there's kind of like a few basic ones we see. Yeah. There's the Bozal, which comes from the California Vaquero tradition. Yeah. We've spoken about that one. 
we got side pulls, which yep. is where the reins attach to the side of the horse's face. So similar to where a bit would be. Yeah. So like on the, the side of a caverson. Yeah. And um, there'd be two rings that you could attach your reins. And it is what it says on the tin. Yeah. A side pull. Exactly. So yeah. uh, when we talk about opening our hands, mm. that that's the kind of thing I would do with that kind of bitless bridle would I would it would well, be more of a leading for this me this is the thing with all bitless bridles it's much harder to get an indirect range yeah um and actually funny story about this those of you who may have been to the horsemanship showcase last year oh yes we were challenged some of the professionals and then including Callum on solo which was hilarious yes um to do like a mounted games kind of exercise where we had two teams four of us in the team we had to Start over the start line, weave up some cones, grab a glass of Prosecco, down it. Oh, no, no, not down it. Ride, Ride back, back with it. So now one-handed, weaving back through the cones as fast as you can go. Yeah. Get over the finish line, then down it, pass the glass over. Then we had to, like, sideways over a pole or over L-shaped pole, stand on the top, get in your potato sack, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the funny thing was we would myself and Callum were told we were not allowed to tack we must ride bitless or bridleless bridleless and bareback you know because not everyone can have tack yeah so a couple of my other peers were in full tack which I thought was very unfair might I add Um, others were completely bareback and bridleless and did this beautifully Uh, spirits on the other hand my horse um was really, really good going up and then completely kicked into working equitation speed round mode. Yeah. So where he was like, go, we're going. And he gets so fiery and so up with it. And I was in a halter and bareback and was completely going for it with him. Yes. We were absolutely going for it. Grabbed our glass of Prosecco, whipped round, went to go down the weave again. And I couldn't steer. I was like, oh, bugger. I need two hands to yeah. be able to open the reins to to, to steer him yeah like um yes i could have used my body more but um when he when he's that hyped up and we're in this yeah, pressure yeah, situation was excited you just forget how to ride the, it was like it was like kids pony was, club yeah, games it was like it? pony club mounted games and um and as i say i i had to unfortunately sacrifice the prosecco in the glass and use two hands on the reins to actually <laughs> be able to steer and have control again um and callum faced the same fate yes. on solo he did the same thing yeah it was um, funny uh, but that was a real like can't believe we did that because we just f- totally Forgot. didn't think that yeah. we were going to have to ride one handed yeah yeah for part of this exercise because i was like oh yeah two two reins but it, two it, it showed it showed something up really because then yeah. you've got the riding with a if a, i'd have a curb on right i could have been up and down there faster no problem than, yeah, yeah and and, and light light aids and just with my little joystick yes yeah one hand which your colleagues were holly. doing holly and um ollie, ollie and Freddie, yes yeah, all, all beautiful looking, doing changes as they're going yeah. cantering around the, with the, their curb bits with their on. curb bits yeah. but it does show you the difference between yeah. refinement mm-hmm and these tools, why these tools were created, yep. rather than yep. in something like that. that yeah, it, you know? it highlighted it. Yes, it, was it just, did. It was hilarious. It was really, really funny and good fun. Um, but it was also like, 
I really needed two hands on my veins for that. And I just completely didn't think about it. Whereas speed round in the working equitation rounds that we do do, um, one-handed or with two hands, if I've got a curb on, uh, is a doddle because you can just... Yeah, little movements. Concentrate on your body and position. Keep yourself... um, Keep your body in, in... in a space so that your horse can keep its body because yeah. the more you're moving out and about over there the more you're moving that well, center it's like of having a kid on your shoulders yeah and they suddenly about. reach yeah. out to grab like, something uh, yeah and you have to like run underneath them to catch them which is why we ride the way or we're taught taught traditionally to ride the way we are where we have our body stacked up yeah. uh, our core our elbows in to our you know our thumbs on top so that we're ballot or a nice Passenger, passenger, <laughs> ba- balance so that we're not causing the horse to, you know, to have to keep compensate. Ca- compensate to catch us, kind yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's where it all comes from. Yes, it's about yeah. it's about helping the horse, really. Exactly, exactly. So um, yes, so we've got going back to bitless bridles. We've got both yes. side pulls. Um, we've then got those German hackamores where it's a lot of metal. I'd yeah. say a lot of leverage. It's it's like usually a plaited. Um, leather noseband. nose band there are they are quite soft and malleable yeah. and move about they're, they're, they're really soft then they have these really long shanks yeah. um that attach to the nose band um yeah and uh, again they can flex the horse down yes an awful lot so yeah. you can um and i don't think it's so much pole pressure even i think it's, it's more nose. just on the nose is, yeah. and uh again there's not a great deal of lateral movement in no. those because of the Shanks being so straight on the horse's face, if yeah. you actually take an open rein, it will push into the horse's cheeks, which yes. isn't overly Because they do move, they're very movable. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not a big fan of those particularly. You see them a lot show jumping. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it does work quite well for some, some particular horses yeah, and disciplines. Yeah. It's not that we're saying you shouldn't use nope. a particular thing or not. It's about the horse. Yeah. And you can get smaller versions of them where yes. it's just like a... Um, almost like a flower, yes. where there are multiple little rings on it. So you can choose where you want to put your reins. That's your right. So you can use it a bit more like a side pull. Not so or much you leverage. Can, you yeah. can get a little that does curb and nose. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little bit of pole. Pressure, yeah. um, there's all sorts of things. But just remember that pulling hard on them can still put pressure on the curb, the pole, the nose, yeah. and all these places or wherever places that these are are. are are used for pressure they're all pressure it's all pressure and i think um what i love so much about the bosal is it invites so much lift in the horse yeah so and it's quite easy to keep it open pole in a bosal just because of the action and actually the knot they can't really overbend because it hits the horse's neck yeah it gets in the way it gets in the way because it's so big and long because Um, of the shape molly went quite well in it i i I, solo used to go very well yeah i I didn't i didn't have a real problem with it i mean um slightly annoying that she had to have a slightly bigger one because she was a bigger horse they're they're, they're all often designed for quarter horses yeah one size one size fits all but you can get a slightly bigger one which which we did but um uh, I found it quite useful. The only thing you have to remember with these things is you need to learn about them before you use them. Yeah. And what uh, this is where I made the mistake mm. is I rode for I was out on the New Forest riding yeah. in it, yeah. and I'd had the bosal for several days in a row in the same spot. Yes. On the nose, and yeah. it Rubbed. made it, well, it just made a lump. 
Oh, can make a lump on yeah. an, on the nose. So you do, you, you know. And I found it on the where the bozal hits the base of the jaw. Yes. Um, you shouldn't really ride a bozal on a completely long rein no. because it moves, moves and wobbles, and, it wobbles, and then it rubs the rubs the hair, hair off, off down here. Yeah. So you actually have to have almost uh, steady contact yes. all the time yes. when you ride in a bozal yep. just to hold uh, the stability of it because. Yep. They're only attached to the head by one tiny piece of leather yes. that goes the head stool. That's it. No nose band, no throat lash, no, no anything. Brow yeah. bands, nothing. You it's, can get bits. You can get you can. The, the head stools that are slightly different and got maybe got a, a throat lash. Yeah, which um, offers stability. So some stability and and often pulls the um, leather away from the eye a yes, little bit because they yeah. often sit quite close to the under eye. Yeah, yeah. But. That you know they need to be like that in order to work in the way they need to work. So um, they were designed like that for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they they're a useful tool. Again, need you need to know your stuff before you start using these things. Yeah. In my opinion, do your research first. Yeah. First, don't make the mistake. And get because, some lessons if yeah, you need to. Cause... Find someone that can do. It. I mean, yeah. There's lots of people that are promoting bitless bitless riding yeah, these yeah. days um and it can be done so we've spoken a lot about um high level refined dressage with bits but yeah. you can teach this bitless you can yeah, it, it can be done bitless and bridleless it yeah. has been done so and i don't care what the dressage people say because i know these people who have managed to do it yes and there are some who have used bits and bridleless um kind of in combination yes to get the horses to this level yeah. or they'll have them really highly schooled in a bridle and then they'll dabble with the bitless yeah or bridleless yeah um so, say like alize froment yes. who's the beautiful french rider oh, yeah uh, dressage rider with beautiful lusitanos yeah. um she schools them to a, a, like grand prix level with bridles yeah and then she starts adding in the bitless or the neck um, neck, neck strap yeah, yeah. that she uses uh, to have that contact with her horse yeah. um, and then equally I know some people who have done it completely without um, any reins so completely bridleless and only yes. with a neck strap for contact or signals but um, it's a much slower longer road because yes. the horse yeah. doesn't have the muscular mus muscular muscular strength yeah um that it may develop faster when you've got a bridle to be able to shape and frame and this is where i'm playing at now with spirit is i want to get him strong enough to where because he's a very weak horse uh strong enough to where he can hold this self-carriage bridleless but i know that i can't go solely bridleless because um it's to his physical detriment yeah if i don't keep him fit strong and together with the bridle and the bit i could do it bitless um this is exactly why i'm doing my journey is because i'm trying to keep my horse soft supple strong yeah and to last yeah yeah you know and to have fun yeah never-ending learning she loves learning yeah even when she gets a bit confused she goes oh is that what you want yeah this is is what i've been asking oh why didn't you say so the last time i rode spirit was a couple months ago and i just played with flying changes I got on him today and I go up into canter and I looked over my right shoulder in, at the mirrors. Yes. I looked at myself in the mirrors as I'm cantering past and he changed to the right. Oh, wicked. Be- it was probably the best flying change he's ever done in his entire life. And I stopped and praised him, obviously. Yeah. And then being me, I was like, oh, we'll see if I can pop out some more. And they were terrible. 
very um, front to back, not yeah. back to front. So, um, but that's my own. Yeah, that's your journey. own journey. Yeah, and lessons with yeah. these. Um, but I was like, oh my god, like he's so clever. He's remembered our yeah. last session. Yeah, I in, find that in here I, I months ago. I find that loads that I. I do something, I throw it away for a while and go, oh, I'm, I'm not doing that. It's I'm obviously not again. ready. And then we come up and something happens. You go, oh, you, you, know this. you do know this. Yeah. And it's almost like they've processed it over, over that time, time and, yeah. and gone, oh, I think I know what he wants now. Yeah. So yeah. it's really interesting because they are clever animals. So intelligent. Animals. But yeah, so um, I would love to see one day someone develop a horse um, from like unstarted, to Grand Prix level dressage, completely bridleless. I would love to see that. And uh, the amount of dedication that would go into that is massive. I have seen, I've not seen that from that, from so sort of never bitting. Yeah. But I have seen Louis Lucio mm-hmm. do uh, bridleless dressage at home. Yeah. And the horses collected. Look amazing. Oh, and the Vegas. My. God. are very good at this as well really yes um, uh, yes they're the ones that do the tempi flying yes. changes backwards yeah bridleless bareback on their stallions and um phenomenal yeah incredible incredible but again i know that they've developed their horses with a bridle to then taken it to bitless or bridleless yeah but so, again that's a progression there is there is a progression it's showing off that they can do it with whatever's on the horse's head because it doesn't actually really matter not about it's not about the that. bridle it's or not about the, the bits. bits or the whatever it's about your relationship yeah and partnership partnership and, and, and your training yeah. and the, the horse's strength yeah. yeah yeah there's so much that goes into it so um that's really it's, it's a really good point yeah that, you know it's not actually about that no nope. and about us we're talking and our about relationships with them yeah as always that's what it always boils down to isn't yeah. it yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and uh, and again, we're talking about this in a more dressage sense, but the same for show jumping. Doesn't like matter. we've got friends that show jump bridleless, um, yes. like Joe. massive tracks. Uh, Joe, um, I was thinking Giorgio in Italy. Oh my god! Who yeah. jumps like oh the one sixty tracks bridleless? Yeah, um, and is amazing at it. So um, Joe, Joe, our friend Joe. Yeah, my my amazing organizer and yeah. great friend Joe Gray. She's called Bridalist Joe on Instagram. If yeah, you're interested, you should in check looking. her out. She's she's pretty awesome. Posts some wicked videos, but yeah. she loves uh, jumping big, terrifying cross country fences bridleless. Yes, she does. And and you know has spoken about team chasing bridleless and. I mean, I think that's absolutely terrifying. But me too. <laughs> her horses have so much connection to her. Yeah. Um, she's able to take it out in a purpose as well, and yeah. take it out over a cross country field. Yeah. And everyone's going, "How on earth do you control your horse?" And it's like, "Oh, well, they just listen to me." Yeah. You know, um, I I was actually there the first day she ever jumped bridleless on Jasper, and I was riding her pony Peaches. <laughs> And uh, she went bridleless on Jasper around Gorecock Cross Country Course and oh, yeah. just over a couple of littler ones. Yeah. And we were both like, oh my God, this is amazing. But we were just having fun with it. Yeah, all well, that's what's about, around. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Fun and And enjoyment. Jasper loved it. Yeah. And it teaches your horse to be so smart and yeah. think for themselves and uh, independent to a point, but also always listening back with the, you. This is what I find with for, for me with 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 bridleless or or what we call freestyle without yeah. contact is I think it makes your horse listen to you. Well, it's that whole use your reins. 
use their brains, do yeah. the same thing. I, yeah. I just feel that that is the biggest thing for me and that's the reason that I do it Yeah, is because it's a training tool. And it's really good to play with it. So, yeah. um, you know, a lot of our time we spend strengthening and schooling our horses. So maybe like 80% of the time we're riding with a contact yeah. and then 20% of the time, either warm up or cool down, I play with my bridleless yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I make sure that it's all still in there every now and again, make sure that he's still connected and still listening. I love doing it for warm-up because it just allows him to move in his body how he feels he needs yes. to. And then once he's warmed up, I can pick up the contact. But it's also nice as a cool-down, um, again, to allow him to move how he feels he wants to. Yes. And we can do slower work like yeah. that too. So yeah, It's good. It's good. Good yeah. stuff. I think um, there are lots of different options when it comes to bitless bridles. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to call them, bitless bridles, hackamores, whatever. Oh, one, one more thing. There are these other ones called Dr. Crook. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I just want to talk about these quickly because unfortunately I don't rate them um, because it's like a crossover Sober. under the chin. They're crossovers, Which yeah. then goes to a side pull. But, and the theory is that it's meant to help turn the horse, but the crossing under the chin often... When you end up pulling on both of the reins, yeah. it just makes it really tight, tight. and uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's actually no clear message or signal no. going to the horse. And they just end up putting their head up. And... I find also that that gets a crooked turn as well. Yeah. So yeah. they don't turn They're with twisting. their head straight. So They're twisting like from yeah. the bottom of their jaw. Rather than Rather turning, than turning from, the from the nose. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I don't like them either. Yeah. Uh, they just... They don't have a good feel for me. Nope. Um, I don't personally. rate them. Sorry. Um, if anyone uses them. Yeah, I mean, th th there is some. There's some lovely ones out there. There's, there's lots. Like I said, there's lots of people using them and, and teaching people how to use them. So yeah. Yes, a Drent. He's got. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's his got his own version brand of bridal, yeah. uh, bitless bridle. Yeah. Natlana. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Sure. Something like that. Sorry if we've said that wrong. Um, but. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, and he does ride with that. He also yeah. rides with a bit. He also rides bridleless. And he also rides bridleless. He's, again, one of these that it doesn't matter what's on your horse's no, head. No, absolutely. It is yeah, the it's, connection. It's a connection, have. very much a connection person. Um, but yeah, so there there is things out there for you to get educated before you try these things and learn what it is that your horse likes. Yep. Um, and this is another thing. It's like trial and error is really good, but. You don't want to keep flitting and changing. No. You've got to choose something. Do your research, choose something, and try it for a sustained period yeah. of time before you then make another change because people end up changing so many variables at once that you never really work out what no, that one was. No, you haven't given it enough time. Yeah. That is really clear. You have to give these things time. Yes. Because often the horse is like, this feels different, this feels weird. Yeah. It's like riding in a different saddle on yeah. your horse. It yeah. can feel weird and you go, oh, I'm not sure I like it. But actually, if you gave it a bit of time, it actually puts you in a better position. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and of course, you're not going to like it to begin with because it's different. different. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So there is an element of, of trial time. Um, however, there's also times when you go, okay, this is not for my horse. Yeah. I can feel that my horse hates this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously then, so it's, it really is working with your horse for what you want to do and what works for him and or her. And it all boils down to education again. Make sure you are educated. Yeah. There's no excuse. No, because there's so many vaults of information, so easy. We're so lucky. Accessible. We've got the internet. Yeah. And fantastic people 
again, do your research. Some yep. people might not be as fantastic as they sound. Yep. However... And another point, I think I've said this previously, look at their horses. If you like how their horses that they, they have produced yeah. from start to, to finish, finish, and you like that finished product, then do it. But yep. make sure that they've actually trained that horse because there are quite a few charlatans out there, unfortunately, yep. who buy a trained horse and then... Claim. Claim yeah. that they can teach the process to this and, and unfortunately and they know how to press the buttons but they haven't taught the process and the one trick ponies the people that yeah. are, have got really good with one horse only yeah. um and can't necessarily repeat the same things with yeah. another horse because it's got a different personality yeah exactly um, so yeah it would be yeah it's important to choose your um mentors yeah wisely, wisely yeah yeah, yeah. And same goes for myself and andy like we're very fussy with who we learn from nowadays yeah. we're both great students and we love learning we love and we love progressing um but very choosy about who influences yeah our education and our partnership with our horses nowadays yeah, yeah they have to come from a place that i feel happy yeah that they've come from yeah and can practice what they preach absolutely yeah 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 show me you can do it yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, I think that That's probably sums us up. Giving us a bit of a talk tonight. Yep. Uh, and, uh, bits again, or bitless. Yeah, bits or bitless. Yeah. Do what's right for you guys and for your horses. Yep. Um, be interested again to hear from you guys. I know I say this every week, but yep. the, it is really interesting. We get some hear. great feedback. We do. It's yeah. really nice. And it's uh, we like to know what you guys are doing and what you guys like and what you found works for some and doesn't work for others or why you like a particular thing more so than the other yeah that's really useful um for us but also for other people wanting to go down that path yeah, Where, yeah. what are the the pitfalls of of these things what do we have to watch out for because in an ideal world we'd like people not to have to make the same mistakes as we've made ourselves yeah we uh, should be making the path a bit easier and clearer yeah, for you clearer yeah. and clearer and clearer so, so. That, well, that, there's always an element of you've got to learn some stuff for yourself you can't teach your feel that's for sure yeah that's something you really have to learn but you can still learn about it yes in order to find it yes uh, so i think yeah anything you've got to to say about any of our podcasts um please and want to share, share yes yeah. please share it because we are genuinely interested so yeah, i think that from my point of view that's yep. that's an important thing totally agree good cool yeah thank you very much yeah and see you guys next week see you next week have a good one bye